are listening to the Wayne County Community College District's Critical Conversations podcast with host Ed Clementi. Welcome to Wayne County Community College District's Critical Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ed Clementi. Today we are pleased to have Mark Corvo, who serves as the Vice President of Government and Corporate Affairs with Henry Ford Health System. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the footprint of Henry Ford System in the Midtown area, jobs and opportunities for you, and where the healthcare system is going in the future. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Mark. Thank you, Eddie. And you're allowed to call me Eddie because we worked together in the legislature. We did. We should did. probably point that out first. And we sat by each other actually on the House floor. So pretty good friends ahead of time. And I want to thank you for being here because I know you got a pretty uh, unique job. Why don't you sort of give what you do as like an elevator speech and then maybe sort of an elevator speech for a little bit about Henry Ford too. Yeah, sure. I, I get the question a lot. At the end of the day, I, I'm a, a government affairs lobbyist, but, but more of an advocate for the system at the local, state, and federal levels. And because the healthcare industry um, is, is so interlapped at what is happening at the, in Lansing here in Michigan and, and in D.C., is that there are many opportunities for threats uh, to our funding, and there are many other policy opportunities that can affect the success of our system. So my job is to oversee that, uh, and that is a system with 30,000 employees, and we have five hospitals um, over 100 years uh, off the boulevard uh, here in the city of Detroit. Um, there are many issues that can happen on a day-to-day, year-to-year uh, basis within the departments, within uh, subfields, within uh, whether they're doctors or nurses. And our job is to take those and represent those interests with lawmakers locally, um, Lansing, obviously, and in, in D.C., and, and I don't want to put you on the spot a little bit, but um, I know Henry Ford is one of the leading healthcare systems in the country, isn't it? I know you guys get rated in magazines all the time. Yeah, we actually were just a, one of two hospital systems in the entire country that got a leapfrog score of A across the board. So we're very proud of that. That was just announced. But the, the Henry Ford name obviously has a lot of cachet, both here locally and nationally. Um, and in, for being a one-state system, when I spend time in D.C., um, I don't have to explain people where I work or where it is because the, the legacy of having a hospital system is over 100 years old um, in a city like Detroit gives us the ability to, to speak broadly, uh, even though sometimes national systems that are in multiple states, you may think that they have a lot of influence based on the fact that they have multiple, multiple Congress people. I think Henry Ford does a pretty good job of influencing health policy um, at the federal level. Henry Ford is ubiquitous almost everywhere in the city of Detroit as well as the suburbs. Uh, how was this hospital started originally and why is it Henry Ford's system? Yeah, well, so back more than 100 years ago, um, as the, the area w- was growing, uh, the needs for hospitals were uh, um, necessary. And the original hospital was in place there and started to face some difficult times. So Henry Ford being uh, the influence that he was in the area and, and, and the need for a quality health care for his employees uh, to build the cars for the for the world at that point, uh, certainly the future, um, came in and uh, said that if he could run the hospital, he would buy it. And that was, uh, that was the day there that it became the Henry Ford Health System. Over time, the entities, although the name and the colors and, and even the script on our writing is very similar and people do assume associate them. We're very, very close with the family, uh, the Henry Ford family, um, but the the entities are, are their own at this point. So 
uh, they have influence on our boards and we want to make sure that, you know, we're respecting the name, but the, the two entities are now separate. So they're on your public board, not yes. like an advisory board. They're no, they're on, on our public board. So it's not like you're traded. So it's strictly they're like in the development side of it or they. Well, I mean, I, we, we think their voice is important. So we, when, when big things are happening, which there's been a lot uh, recently, we can talk about those if you'd like, certainly it, it's important that the Ford family knows about it. And, and if they want to uh, share thoughts on it, we, we consider those heavily. I found that I never thought about it, but the colors are the same. I forget about the Ford logo. And then you guys have kept that same sort of color scheme. It's the exact same blue, isn't it? It almost yeah and so is the script so you you know there's a lot of reasons why people still associate them and i said is you know there's a connection there without a doubt but over time you know the the, the separateness of the business entities is pretty clear okay and so um your background's pretty unique and i could either mention a few of the things but i know i mentioned that we we're state reps together but your district was where, by the way, back then? It was in the, the 20th. It's still the 20th. It's a little different in terms of boundaries, but it was the uh, communities of Wayne, uh, Canton, uh, a sliver along the uh, the east side of that, um, Plymouth, Plymouth Township, Northville, Northville Township, and I live in the city of Northville. And prior to that, were you just in private practice with law? Yeah, I was in uh, private practice with my dad and a small firm in downtown Northville. I did a lot of disability work. Um, and in 2006, I actually ran in 2004, which I'm not sure if even you knew that, but that was a component of my ultimate success in 2006 was learning how to run a campaign. But I was in private practice for six years before being elected. Uh, I moved on in another direction after the legislature based on some of the experiences I had. But uh, my dad and brother are still there and we own the building together and still serve the community when we can. Yeah, and just to – you've always had a passion for health care, and you could mention some of the committees you ran when you are in the legislature. But one thing I want to compliment you on, you were getting a master's degree almost right away when you realized that's kind of where you know where you're going to focus all your energy. So you want to talk a little bit about that, why you – kind of what health care triggered you? Yeah, so in, in private practice, healthcare law uh, back uh, when I was doing it between 2000 and 2006, my role uh, was working with people that were either injured at work or were applying for Social Security disability. So, you know, recognizing some of the uh, the shortcomings of the healthcare system were a part of my professional life, and I I would be frustrated when I would see families struggling to make it um, either because of a workers' comp situation or having access to quality care. That that became one of the reasons that I decided um, ultimately uh, to want to be in public office. Now, I wasn't under the illusion that I was going to win my race because it was um, a difficult uh, seat to win at the time. But um, sure enough, a few things went my way. And when I began the legislature, I wanted to be on the Health Policy Committee. So uh, I positioned myself uh, to do that my first term, and then I was fortunate enough to become chair of health policy the second term. And that was right during uh, the ACA debate. Um, so I began to break. Explain to folks what ACA uh, means. My, my apologies, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, uh, right. which is it's most commonly referred to. And so that was happening at the national level, but most people weren't probably acutely aware that at the state level, we were having many, many problems with how we were delivering care and what they refer to the individual market. And that's where people go get insurance for themselves, not through their employer or, or some other means. So um, I began to really break it apart 
both from an insurance standpoint, but also delivery access and all the things that go into providing quality care for people. And when I decided, uh, as you did, when we were talking on the floor and as we sat next to each other, we were talking about what we were going to do next. At some point, it became clear to me that I didn't want to continue in the legislative process and be in the in the Senate, which I at some point thought I would want to do. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't sure I wanted to go into private practice. So I took the experience that I had, uh, the education I gave myself, and decided to go back to the University of Michigan and get my uh, master's in health service administration, which is the degree that most executives in the hospital world um, will go into if they want to run hospitals. I don't think I necessarily wanted to do that, but I thought I had uh, something to add to the conversation. Having been an attorney, um, gone to the legislature, kind of learned policy side of things and the politics, which is which is everywhere. Um, I thought that master's degree would kind of fill out my business understanding of how healthcare ran. So um, decided to um, move away from private practice, went into that master's program, and then ultimately, fortunately, ended up at the Henry Ford Health System to do this work. And, and you actually, uh, I've figured as you were building this foundation, even though you might not have seen the path necessarily right away, but I would imagine that uh, you also worked, I believe, for a firm when you left the legislature and you did healthcare work for them as well, didn't you? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I joke that my career um, is the uh, the trinity of public discontent because I I started as a lawyer and then I went to a politician and then I went to a lobbyist. And those three things combined, I, I think, have given me the opportunity uh, to be successful in the work that I do. I don't wouldn't say that I had planned that, but um, when you combine all those experiences into the needs in a world where healthcare, when I started in 2008 as chairman, it was just starting to get political. Most of the issues and the disputes happened between industries, whether it's insurance and hospitals, doctors and nurses, but um, it became political. So all those experiences together put me in a position um, when I was leaving the legislature uh, to do some lobbying while I was getting my master's. And then I picked up a, um, my first healthcare job in Trinity Health System um, here locally, which would be your St. Mary's and your St. Joseph's, uh, what people, most people recognize. And then the, the opportunity to run the entire department at Henry Ford presented itself. So I took all those experiences and I use them every single day to try to advocate uh, for the system. So the legal background, the policy, political background, and then the, my advocacy slash lobbyist background uh, are used every day. So I'd like to ask folks to, uh, I know you just had the opportunity to uh, kind of walk through, at least since I've known you, that part of your resume, but what else is not on your resume people would be interested to know about you? Well, in college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I had the, the practice that my dad was at. That was an opportunity for me, but you know, listening to the stories that, that he would go through in, in that world uh, wasn't something that I was uh, immediately drawn to, so I didn't know what I wanted to do. So my first job out of college, uh, I had a college buddy uh, who was in purchasing at uh, Gordon Food Service over in Grand Rapids. So he got me in touch with the local sales uh, guy for Gordon Food Service. So I, for a full year, I sold food to just about every restaurant in Southeast Michigan. And that experience in and of itself was amazing because you, you saw people uh, gutting it out on the business sense, but you were dealing with people all over socioeconomic uh, uh, levels. And I really, really enjoyed uh, the experience. So I tell people I, I sold green beans for a living for a year. So I'm surprised you didn't mention, but it's on your resume anyway, but you also served in the U.S. Naval Reserve. I did. And what kind of, I mean, that seems like that's the outlier a little bit from 
most of your path. It seems like. I, that's a fair description. It wasn't something um, that uh, came along and I, I was a part of my plan, which I've kind of alluded to a few times. But during my junior year at Michigan State, uh, I had a roommate um, that wasn't quite sure where his life was going. Uh, and he was having um, some difficulties personally. And he had one point decided that he wanted to uh, go potentially serve. So we talked about it at length and he started to go to a recruiter and I started to go with him and, you know, looking at what it was offering and, you know, the pride that we all have in our military, I decided to uh, join the Naval Reserve with him the summer of my junior year at Michigan State. So we finished up classes in the spring, packed up, did boot camp uh, in Great Lakes, Illinois and Chicago. And then I was a reservist for seven years. And of all the things that I've done, I talked about loving that year in the food business, which I did. Um, I think most often about the people and the experiences that I had during that eight-week basic training. And then there was a four-week school on the end of that. But these were young men from all over the country. Um, and, and although I think college gives you access to a, a diversity of people, not like this, and um, conversations that I, I had in the cafeteria, you know, walking the barracks, I still think about that. It was an amazing, amazing 12 weeks of my life, without a doubt. And, you know, we've meant one other thing, and only because I'm a graduate of St. Francis Cabrini, I know your high school was one of our, I wouldn't say rival, you guys were way bigger than us, but... Uh, <laughs> Smarter. Well, maybe, too. Um, so, yeah, why don't you mention where you went to high school, and... With that, also give an introduction for a plug for your wife and uh, kids, too. Yeah, thank you for that. So my dad uh, went to Detroit Catholic Central, 65, 65 West Otter Drive, um, as they used to say. And then um, when the campus moved to Redford, uh, I went there from 85 through 89. Very proud of it. They're over in Novi now um, off of Wixom Road. Great education. And then uh, uh, my son just graduated from there last year. So my dad was 59. I was 89. And my son just graduated uh, last year before he went off to the University of Michigan, which is somewhat tough for me, although I got my master's there. I'm a Sparty at heart. Um, but uh, I went my wife in college. Um, we actually met at Oakland University where I went for two years. And then uh, I went on to Michigan State. She finished up there, my wife Wendy. And then we had our daughter a couple years after my son, and she's a junior right now out uh, at International Academy in White Lake. So she's going through the college process right now. What are their names? Luke is my son. Okay. Uh, Eve is my daughter. Okay, and Wendy's my wife. My best friend's name is Eddie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And so um, by, while we're at it, let's uh, just get back to mentioning again our guest today is Mark Corvo. He's the Vice President of Corporate and Government Affairs with the Henry Ford Health System. And, you know, sometimes I've, I think I might have erroneously put in health care system. So I seem that's a strategic reason why you guys dropped care. Well, it's the system, which is now a group. Many hospitals began as individual entities. And now health system in Michigan is mainly made up of those. There are other states that have more individual hospitals in their portfolios. But Henry Ford Health is a, a true system. So, you know, I, I actually don't know the origin of that. That's certainly uh, the industry that we're in. But the name HFHS is, you know, Henry Ford Health System is our, our public you know, marketing name. So um, no reason for it not to be in there. Most people have that implied through the health system moniker. Is there beyond like the article you mentioned earlier where you guys were ranked with a like a letter grade, I think you said. Yeah. 
like, is there some kind of governing board for all the health systems in America that sort of like there is for colleges? Well, I will say that healthcare is the most regulated industry out there. Now, I'm somewhat biased, and you can make a good argument that banking and finance and even energy is fairly uh, uh, has quite a bit of oversight. But there are just a multitude of entities and governmental bodies that oversee the work that we do, whether it's licensing, you know, whether um, it is private. Uh, associations that will grade our work for the public consumption and leapfrog is one of those they're a, a group that looks at hospitals across the country and there's metrics uh, uh, and you grade them and based on that um, you know obviously that can instill confidence in the public that the care that you're providing is top-notch and without a doubt that's where Henry Ford um, and their reputation. I'm very, very proud of the system uh, and to be able to tell people, you know, hospitals, it's not where you want to end up, right? That, that's not a choice for most people. But when you get there, um, you want your loved ones to have the very best care. And I think Henry Ford does that. And I think that's reflected in those scores, not only in those scores, but there, if you look at all the other rating agencies and, and you, and you look at, uh, some of the things that we're doing in the cancer space, we're building a world renowned cancer center south of the boulevard there, just down from Hitsville, USA. Um, you can see the, the, the iron in the air, the iron in the steel. Uh, but we want to make that a destination for not just Michigan. We want people from around the country and around the world to come there, and they will do that. Um, Mort Harris gave us a, a $20 million uh, endowment to start, uh, and we're taking this cancer center. And for the first time, people who are going through uh, this type of treatment in a very difficult time of their life will be able to have themselves and their families all in one location. So many times that care can be fragmented, and you will have to go to different locations of the hospital or, or sometimes outside of the hospital. But this new facility, uh, which will be done in 2020, for the first time, People, when they're going through that point in their life, will have all the care under one roof. And, and I know people can see the, the main hospital from, is it the lodge or is the lodge. it the lodge? And I know your offices are not far from there. So you guys have a big footprint in that sort of, is that Midtown kind of, would you consider it? Yeah, our new center, I, I, I call it both. Yeah, the, the you can also see it from 94 because that's where the, the intersection comes in. And the, the hospital on the boulevard has obviously been there for over 100 years. But uh, Kenny Corner from that, as I call it, I don't know if kids still call that. Kenny Corner anymore, No, but that's but. aging yourself. That's okay. <laughs> um, on the other side of the lodge, south of the Fisher uh, building, um, is our headquarters. Uh, it's actually the old Burroughs building. I don't know yes, if you've ever known course. that. Yes, of course. They did all the old registers for adding machines and uh, computers. They started computers, too. Yeah, and this building... Um, if there's a zombie apocalypse, this is the building you want to run to immediately. <laughs> this is concrete, and you get in there, and you're going to be safe uh, for the longest. But, yeah, so we've, we've really, you know... From a care standpoint, it put down our roots a long time ago, but we are really uh, investing in the community in that area as well. Uh, so I'm in the one Ford building, which I indicated is south of the Fisher. Right outside my window through the parking lot is where the new Detroit Pistons practice facility is going to be. Well, And we'll have an athletic medicine uh, department in there as well. Um, and then back over um, by the uh, the cancer center, that community neighborhood there, uh, we, we really uh, see ourselves as a neighborhood partner partner and developing um, a whole new destination, not only for care, but um, retail and, and, and different opportunities uh, and 
working with even Hitsville USA with their, their expansions are moving forward. So you may see that whole boulevard be something like it was back when we, we heard our parents talk about the city of Detroit. I'm super excited about it, but we see ourselves as an anchor institution. Yes. Uh, and Newtown and New Center for the city and even Southeast Michigan. We That's how we see ourselves. Well, I know in Cranes, they just had the new building that's going to be behind the Motown. Uh, they're going to keep the original houses and they're going to build a new structure behind it. Uh, but just one thing I'd be remiss if I also didn't talk a little bit more about the industry. And obviously we're here in a uh, podcast that involves a lot with these new cutting edge fields. But where are your challenges, say, for example, is it pharmacy, tech, you know, nurses, surgical technologists, phlebotomists? Like what are the things you guys are struggling with where you have needs and that's going to be an issue for talent retention, I presume? Yeah. So the, I would say the biggest uh, service line need is in the behavioral health space. And we can talk about that work uh, if you'd like. But I think, and I will say often that the healthcare industry, and maybe this is what I recognized when I was chair, that you know this was going to be somewhere where myself uh, and my kids would have opportunities to be in amazing careers. I think the the healthcare industry has has changed a lot in the twelve years that I've been. Uh, um, involved with it post uh, being a lawyer, but, you know, in the education that people are pursuing, there are many, many opportunities and there are different levels of opportunities, which I think is exciting because a student can start, uh, let's use nursing, for example, you know, there's, there's nurse uh, aides and then, you know, you can move on and get your RN. And my wife's actually a nurse, a psychiatric nurse practitioner. So she went all the way on uh, to get her nursing, uh, her master's, uh, and now as a uh, psychiatric nurse practitioner. But even in the uh, the other field, physician recruitment and the ability, uh, the primary care space is probably one of the most difficult spaces to fill. Many times when doctors go to school, they end up with a tremendous amount of debt. And uh, some uh, recognize that when you go into the specialties, it's, it's a probably a quicker path to pay back your bills. But we're, we're trying to, uh, in the industry now, look for other people to fill that space, um, whether they're, uh, like I indicated, nurse practitioners or physician's assistants. There's just so many fields within healthcare that no matter what your interests are, um, uh, if you look into the healthcare world, you're going to find something that you like and pursue, and it's going to be able to pay your, your bills on time, which is, these are all good jobs. And there are shortages as in some of these fields every day, from what I read. Every day. Uh, and the need's not going anywhere, right? Uh, you know, you would you would hope at some point we solve some of our healthcare problems on a clinical level, but uh, that's probably not going to be the case. So th- these jobs are good jobs uh, and uh, they're going to be around a long time. I know it's one of the few fields that's growing that's going to actually involve more human interaction, say, than a lot of programming and a lot of AI, you know, activities. So, so if you just gave a quick sentence, you would say you'd recommend people to get into the healthcare field no matter what your education level is at this point? I would absolutely say that. And it's not just clinical care. Uh, and you, t- you touched on technology. We are starting to move to virtual care and telehealth. And there are uh, computer jobs. I mean, if you came into one Ford place and I walked you around, and I'd be happy to do it for you. There, every single industry is involved in the operation of a hospital system. You know, whether it's computers, uh, facilities, 
Um, obviously, we have doctors and nurses, um, web programmers, social media. Uh, you can look out there now. Every hospital system is doing that type of work. So I, I would put hospital systems at the hub of the wheel um, for the entire healthcare system. And everything in the healthcare system occurs within a hospital, um, both uh, like I said, clinical, uh, but also services. They cross every single industry out there. And, and just to maybe come back on something you said a little earlier, but the idea that what you're creating in that sort of footprint of Midtown is also going to be sort of like a destination place that people, they call it medical tourism, I think, yeah. where you're going to have people, like you said, you want to generate not just from the metro Detroit or Michigan area. You want to bring them from like a Mayo Clinic or a John Hopkins. and Henry Ford, as I kind of alluded to early, has a national name, but it also that brand is known worldwide. So we do quite well overseas and we get approached quite often. We actually have a couple partnerships with uh, countries that want to have us help them build their hospitals or help them build out their facilities. So um, I think that's uh, happening more and more. And I think Henry Ford is at the forefront of that. So um, truly, uh, we want to be the best in our backyard, which I think we are. But I think you can see Henry Ford best in the nation and best in the country. Well, um, we're getting near the end here, but uh, do you have a website or any way that, say, someone wants to get a job? Is there some site you'd recommend? Yeah, well, just like most uh, searches now, when you when you search for jobs at Henry Ford Health System, and I, and I encourage you to do that, there's a couple portals in there. But if you go to henryford.com or henryford.com uh, forward slash careers, I believe, is the one that can go right into the, the job portal. Uh, it's not uh, hard to find, and we are constantly posting positions. So whether you're just starting your career, or you're you're in midstream or you're looking for you know a career to, to end things out i think there's probably a place for you at our system yeah and, and i, I want to congratulate the system too it sounds like you guys are very strategically thinking forward i don't mean, i don't know if all health industry is doing it because of it's probably the most dynamic field there is in america but uh you know, because America is a unique sort of entity compared to the rest of the world. So it is sort of a closed system in some ways. Well, yeah, you, you see a lot of consolidation right now. And I, and I think my executive leadership, right, Lasser, who's been at the helm here, uh, I, I think just over three years now, maybe a little bit longer. But, you know, recognizing uh, where the industry is going, Henry Ford is constantly looking to be out in front of that. And, you know, I've, I've touched on some of those reasons. But, you know, quality of care is, is at the end of the day what, what people want. But, uh, you know, we're looking for partnerships in the community uh, to make ourselves uh, meet the needs at all different levels in the entire uh, continuum of care. So Henry yeah. Ford for a long time is going to be uh, leading in, instead of following. Yeah, it sounds like it's really on a good trajectory. Um, well, with that, our guest again today was Mark Corvo. He's the Vice President of Corporate and Government Affairs with the Henry Ford Health System. I want to thank you today, Mark, for coming in. And I know we didn't get to probably even 10% of what we probably could have talked about. But I do want to thank you very much for taking the time of your busy schedule to be here with us today. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you for the work that you do. Oh, you're very kind. And thank you again for tuning in today to Wayne County Community College District's Critical Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ed Clemente. Thank you for listening to Wayne County Community College District's Critical Conversations podcast with host Ed Clementi. We hope you enjoyed the show. To listen to other exciting episodes, log on to the college's website at www.wccd.edu and look for the podcast button located on the homepage.
The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Wayne County Community College District's Critical Conversations podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and are not reflective of this institution. The Wayne County Community College District shall not be held responsible for the misuse or reuse of this podcast series and shall not be liable for any damage resulting from the irregularity, inaccuracy, or use of information presented.